everyone, I'm Maggie. I'm Alex. And we are Socially Course, the podcast about all things geek, TV, film, and even marriage. Which is fun. Mm -hmm. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about two new TV shows, fairly geeky kind of spacefaring TV shows. So, the first one we're going to be talking about is Star Trek Discovery. Mm -hmm. um, now, not to go into too much detail... Um, we are both massive Trekkies. Yep. Maggie is a supreme Trekkie, I would yep. say. You know, she lives and breathes Star Trek. Mm -hmm. um, I am a big Trekkie as well. Yep. But when it comes down to the, the age-old nerd question about Star Trek versus Star Wars, I always lean more towards Star Wars. Yep. But I love Star Trek. Who doesn't? And what it's offered to the world and how it's enhanced so many people's lives, etc., yep. etc. Et yeah. Um, so, Star Trek Discovery. New Star mm -hmm. Trek TV show. Mm -hmm. Neither of us are personally fans of the new Star Trek films because nope. we didn't like what they did to the universe mm -hmm. of yep. Star Trek. We didn't like what they did to the, you know, the dynamic between the two main characters, Captain yep. Kirk and... Um, Spock. Spock, yes. Lieutenant Spock, I want to say. I know he's the first officer. Commander. Spock. He would have to be commander, right? That's the first officer thing. It could be lieutenant commander. It could be, could lieutenant. be lieutenant. Anyway, we this, don't. This we just we shows don't. How yeah. Much of a I am. Yeah. Um, so we don't like what they did to the dynamic. Um, I personally think it was just lazy script writing on yeah. on the part of Alex Kurtzman. Yeah. Um, because they just took the original series, took everything out of there, changed a few details, and then said they're basically remaking the original series, mm -hmm. but it's an quote unquote alternate universe so they got to mess with any details they wanted yeah. basically and I didn't like that no I think it changed a lot of the kind of fundamental dynamic yeah. of what made Star Trek good um, that wasn't about just guns and violence yeah there was there was just way too much action in yeah. there for me like I know obviously especially today you can't seem to have any film that doesn't have just a dubious yeah. amount of violence in it especially if it's like spaceships and all that kind of stuff which, fair enough, but, you know, that fundamentally, I don't think that's what the Federation was supposed to be about. No. They were always supposed to be about, you know, the Prime Directive and not interfering and not jumping straight to violence as the first option, whereas it seems to me the films often did that, where yeah. violence was kind of the first option. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't like that no. over much, to be honest. So. so, yeah, so Discovery is brought to us by Alex Kurtzman, who did the new stuff. And Brian Fuller, who did the original stuff. So, so he did 80-odd episodes of Star Trek Voyager and yeah. some episodes of Deep Space Nine, um, which obviously aren't some people's favourites, but yeah. um, in our dynamic, we like Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So. so it's an interesting combination where yeah. you have the guy who came up with a lot of the ideas for the original stuff mm. and the guy who came up with a lot, well, who stole those ideas for the new stuff. So it's interesting to see those two working together. Yeah. So we watched the trailer for Discovery, mm -hmm. and it was basically exactly what we expected. Yeah. It was a lot of it was a lot of explosions in space, basically yeah. a lot of red and blue lasers flying yeah. everywhere, and a lot of kidnappings. And yeah, a lot of, you so know, oh, I'm gonna die. So the baseline story for this is that it precludes the original series with Captain yes. Kirk by about ten years or so. But it's after. The Star Trek Enterprise series, which talked about the first mission. So, you know, if they're which fitting a lot in of, that gap. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that series actually exists. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Enterprise, which explored quite literally the first starship that Star Earth yeah. ever built on behalf of, like, within Starfleet. Yeah. And it was literally the first time they had ever explored beyond 
Earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, they had the, the help of the Vulcans and building their ship and, and mm-hmm. speaking to other alien races and things like that. And it was the first time they'd ever encountered the Klingons, which was quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, so basically it fits in about that gap of yeah. where they're aware of other races. They've got, you know, a little bit of, of experience under yeah. their belt. But they're not at the level of Kirk and Spock. Yeah. So, um, so there's no one. Uh, there's no mega superstars in the nope. um, show's uh, casting. Which, to be fair, is very normal with any Star Trek. Especially you with know, Star it, Trek. Yeah. It did discover quite a few. Oh, actually, I've just noticed Anthony Rapp is in it. He was in. A, he's a, a musical person. Oh, yeah. He's a, from Rent. But so anyway, we yeah. have uh, Michelle Yeoh as the captain. Who I assume is going to be the main protagonist. Well, so, see, this is this is what this is what I didn't like about the trailer is that it didn't tell me who was going to be the main protagonist. Yeah, it, the trailer was a little bit messy and it was a little bit all over the place in terms of so what the hell is going on. Yeah, I still don't know who the main protagonist is going to be because basically the synopsis kind of talks about the one woman who discovers a lot of alien races and then. In the in the trailer, it's basically focused it's just, on these two it, women. Yeah, it's a horrendous mishmash of yeah, it's just, just parts. Of yeah. Like, hey, here's some fighting, and then here's something that looks a bit like maybe romance. Yeah. Here's some more fighting. Here's some more fighting, but on the ground with people versus people. So we're a little bit confused about what exactly we're going to be talking about. The only thing we can tell for sure is that they have included my personal favorite race, the Klingons, and ruined it again. But, <laughs> like the new but without, show, the new you know, film too judgmental. It just seems like they took the Klingons and made them look. Different, they, they made them look different to begin with, which, to be fair, is a big change considering that in the original Star Trek original series, which is meant to be 10 years after this, they were just humans with a little bit of extra hair and then evolved into what we know as Klingons now, which is Worf and with the pie brow crust, ridges. Pie crust on his face. Yeah. So, it, I don't know why they would do that and they made them blue-skinned. Um, yeah, that was weird, actually. I, I, just, I noticed that in the trailer as well, that they're blue. I was like, yeah. what the hell's going on so here? So basically, they made them like a like a Romulan kind of mishmash with Cardassians with whatevers. Are we 100% sure that they are Klingons? I think they say it in the trailer. Okay, yeah. I just That was a thought that suddenly yes, occurred no, to me. I was I, like, oh, wait, are they Klingons? Well, but, this is why I rewatched the trailer a couple of times, because I wanted to hear that they said yeah, Klingons. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they said Klingons, because I'm pretty sure they did mention Kapla somewhere in the middle. So. Kapla! You know, so it's a bit strange, um, but so that that those were the first few thoughts that we had. Is like it's a lot of gunfire, it's a lot of um, it's a lot know, of violence, it's a it's lot, a lot, lot of, of action, and like I say, it's for me, that's personally not what Star Trek is is all about. Yeah, it's meant and, to, you know different. We were talking about this before, where different series that they made are meant to explore different aspects of humanity's future mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. So you had Voyager, who was you know how to. How does this crew handle being alone for so long in deep space, even though they're used to it? Yeah. How do they handle it? How do they handle being on this one ship yeah. in this stuck, one, stu- like stuck so far away from any kind of stuck with the same one hundred and fifty people? Yeah. For like that, it was going to be like what seventy five years. Seventy five years to get home. So that that was really interesting because of that perspective of you know what do you do when you're stuck on yeah. this one ship? Like it must be completely like and tearing you, have, you apart. You, you literally have, you don't really have any choice other than no. you just plot a course for exactly. plot a course for home and, and keep flying. But then yeah. inherently, they are also scientists, explorers, discoverers. So it's mentioned at several points in the film. You know they reference it themselves where. They could get home so much quicker, but they stop, you know, at a lot of anomalies and planets they see, things like that. But that's that's 
what staff that's what Starfleet's about yeah. and I think that's that's a lot of the kind of aspects of it they ignore in the new things where yeah they're stuck so many years 75 years away from home and all they want to do is go home but at the same time they're still a part of Starfleet and it's yeah. still their mission yeah. to explore strange new worlds yeah and and even Janeway says it you know like yeah. we're the first people from Starfleet who are able to thoroughly explore Delta Quadrant it is their obligation to Starfleet to expand their knowledge not expand it's, their network it's to expand their knowledge it's, yeah, it's of the, the it's their, world, obli- it's their obligation to humanity yeah. and the next set of explorers who will eventually be venturing out into the Delta Quadrant yeah. but so that was nice and then we, we also had uh, Next Generation yeah which was more about the kind of exploration from just just beyond Earth. So what what lies very close to us? You know, it was a lot about the conflict between kind of the strained relationship between the Romulans mm. and the Kling- and, and inherently also the Klingons yeah. and the Federation and the idea that you know even though they're actually quite close, they're still not close enough to be able to monitor everything, and there's still going to be things that go wrong, and yeah, you're going to need a lot of diplomacy to get through it. Um, and then we had Deep DS9. Space Nine. Yep. Which again was a, a completely different look at the at the human psyche, and like Alex Starbit, it's like you know looking at you have to be prepared for everything in that day. You know you're on a you're essentially on a, a deep space marketplace yeah. that could invite everybody, and you have to be open because you wouldn't have trade otherwise. So you plus have it's to, Starfleet. That's what Starfleet's about. Exactly. It's about anyone's welcome. Anyone's yeah, invited. and they've got also the added um, complication of the wormhole right there, like leads to the yeah. Gamma Quadrant, which leads to a completely new series of aliens that they haven't a, no, they'd have no knowledge about. So it's it's really interesting that you know these three explore different things. I mean, original series was obviously the first starting one, so that was yeah, that was more fascinating like next as well. generation. To yeah. be fair, I felt like, um, and then Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise was about just. Being completely blindsided yeah. by everything, apart from Quite whatever the Vulcans the first know step. about. They didn't even have phases. No, they didn't even have... They barely um, had shields. Fields. Yeah. They just discovered them in that series. Yeah. They didn't... Um, Teleporters, they didn't have their uh, transports. No, they didn't have... They, didn't have they, the they, they started using them yeah. for humans. So, you know, so there's, what we're trying to say is that each of those series had a very interesting look at the human psyche and how humans would eventually deal with space exploration and the different aspects. So that's what we liked about it. That's what I love about it, is that it's technically plausible stuff that you're looking at that humans would be able to do. And the thing that I'm finding stressful about Discovery is that I don't know what that's going to add to yeah. the exploration of human psyche, yeah. apart be- from just violence. Because I mean, in certain ways, it's nice to know that they are restricted by set history, almost, mm-hmm. because we have Enterprise, uh, Star Trek... Um, yeah, it was Enterprise, wasn't it? Yeah. That came before everything. Yeah. So we have Star Trek Enterprise, which serves as a foundation for it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we have uh, the original series. Yeah. So it's nice to know they are time-locked in a certain way. Certain mm-hmm. things do have to go a certain way. Yeah. But on the flip side of that coin, a lot of, you know, a lot of the time... They don't care anyway. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They'll just kind of they'll explain it by throwing a wormhole in there or throwing a spatial anomaly in there, and then you know that's everything fixed back to normal. Yeah. So, so so they won't like they won't let a little thing like the facts get. In the no, way. no, or the history. Of yeah, the Star like Trek the, the established law that won't get in the way. No. Um, so, so we're just kind of struggling with what to think about it. What to what to really. Take from the trailer. Yeah, another one of the things that we're not too... It's not that we're not too keen on it, but there is a lot of focus on the fact that it's... Again, it's 
a female lead. Mm-hmm. And this links back to our previous podcast about the 13th Doctor. So I'll preface it by just saying that, you know, we don't care. No. <laughs> We're not sexist in any way, okay? And it's it, it just seems to be the fact that like I say, the tagline on IMDb for this show is that it's how one woman faces these new challenges. It's like, well, A, that's not what Starfleet's about. Mm-hmm. B, that's not what Star Trek's about. And C, do you really have to shoehorn in the female aspect of it that much? Yeah. Which, I mean, we've had female... You know, we had um, Janeway, who was a sterling female character. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic. And we see female characters in Star Trek all the time, so that's not the issue here. It's just that I hope they don't put too much emphasis on it, yeah. really. And yeah, it's just, it's, you know, let's not make it about anybody's agenda. Yeah, let's exactly, just make yeah. something interesting about the human psyche. But yeah, so. And they're I trying think... trying constantly to expand the Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. which, fair enough. It's there to be expanded, but. I would well. prefer something in the same universe, mm-hmm. but in the future. Because right now we've had the films, which were a remake of original series, and now we've got Discovery, which is set that you know the timelines in between Enterprise and original series. I'd like to see something that's beyond mm-hmm. um, Voyager. Basically. Voyager, yeah, Voyager was like in terms of a timeline. I Voyager was. was the latest they went, I, I think, because so. I'm pretty sure Picard was an admiral by then. Well, Deep Space Nine, I think, fits just about in the it, like from the middle of Next Generation to the middle of Voyager. Somewhere. I know in they referenced Deep Space Nine several yeah. times in Voyager, yeah. so it's an established space station. I'm not sure if it is, you know, when when we're actually seen. watching mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine. But so. I'd like to see something that happens after that. Yeah, I mean... You in know, the future think, of you know, Starfleet. Yeah, if you think about it, there was a huge conflict in DS9. There was, you know, a lot that Voyager discovered. Like, why not look at what, yeah, what that, humanity I actually, will that, do with that information? That would be interesting. Take it back to the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. And then, because obviously, then you can reference and you could reference a lot back to Voyager. Yeah. You could have people that say, like, oh, I remember when, you know, yeah, a yeah. Starfleet ship ventured through this quadrant like 200 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. And things like that. And, you know, I think that would be fascinating. I don't understand why they haven't done that. I know mm. they face a lot of pressure. The nerd community yeah. is one that we are tough to please. We are definitely unforgiving. Yes, we are tough to please. We do not like change. No. But I think a new story set in the same universe like again along the same lines for my ideas for doctor who yeah a new story set within the same universe would be interesting yeah i'd probably still be opposed to it you know just originally just yeah yeah, inherently opposed to new things within an old universe contrary to what i'm saying um but it would be interesting to see what yeah like just expand along the lines of you know what are humans going to do with now with this information um, so yeah, so it's it's kind of that. Those are our thoughts on on yeah. Star Trek Discovery and how confused we are really with what the trailer was telling yeah, us. Yeah, trailer didn't tell us a lot, so we don't know what it's actually going to be about, and it's a bit too actiony for yeah. us. But anyway, so, so leads us on to our second new TV show, The Orville, which is the latest creation from Seth, Seth MacFarlane, which Alex loves, and I'm not particularly the hugest fan of. Maggie's not a big fan of that that kind of humor. You don't like things like Found the Guy and Rick and nope. Morty, which is a you know, style of humour all by itself. Yeah. Whereas I love Seth MacFarlane. I truly do. Mm. If I could worship him, I genuinely would. But at, See, at the same time, I think Seth MacFarlane is very... He's, he's very creative, and he's a good writer, and he's a good director, and all that kind of stuff, but he's quite a bad actor. Yeah. If you watch things like, you know, A Million Ways to Die, which wasn't a good film anyway... 
Or Ted. Oh, no, he wasn't in Ted. No, but he directed it, though. Uh. And he wrote it. And Ted was, contrary to popular opinion, Ted is an appalling film and no one should ever have to subject their eyes to it. But that's a different point. But, yeah. But, But, you know, so so the Orville, if you haven't heard about it, just to do a quick mm -hmm. recap, is um, basically a parody of Star Trek. From what we can tell from the trailer, but basically it's, they take seems... the same kind of design of ships. Yeah, they take this. Well, they, the they same the same idea bit. of the Federation. You yeah. know, the whole world united behind space exploration, yeah. things like that. So, so it's kind of like a parody of Star Trek. Which I I'm starting to realize now might not be a coincidence that these two shows are coming, coming out, out at relatively the same time. Yeah. So there was this big thing about the you know Star Trek Discovery, and I was like, oh my god, this looks amazing. And then I imagine just the idea popped into Seth MacFarlane's brain was like. All right, let's let's do this. So I genuinely love Seth MacFarlane, but there are a lot of interesting aspects and exciting aspects to, to this t- TV show, mainly because I'm taking it as a parody yeah. of obviously not just it's mainly Star Trek, but not just that. It's a parody of all space exploration, everything. In so much as that, he pokes a lot of fun at some of the more obvious questions that we yeah. have about. Space exploration in general. Yeah. And even just basic things. Like, you know, the opening scene for the trailer is Seth MacFarlane is being drafted in to be a captain of this yeah. new exploration ship. So it's a science ship. Yeah. So straight away it's taking the mick. And it's stated that, you know, Seth MacFarlane's not the first choice for captain. But the the Admiral or whoever it is that's appointed to the mission says they have like 3,000 starships yeah. to crew. And straight away, like, actually, that's a tremendous yeah. point. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, I'm taking this on, or, like, on, and he's like, well, you, we had no choice. Like, yeah, we literally like, have to have a captain for You're not for, exactly. And if you, if you go back to Star Trek for a second, you think Voyager, which is one of the smaller ships, still needs a crew of 150 people. That's a lot. And that's, you know, a captain and a first officer, plus a head of security, etc., etc. And that's one of the smaller ships they have. And then you think, they have 3,000 of these. That means they need 3,000 captains. Yeah. And you think of, like, modern navies now. Yeah. There's no way we have 3,000 boats that need captains. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it pokes a lot of fun at obvious questions like that. And even when it comes down to stuff like um, the aliens. Yeah, like the fundamentals and their habits of aliens. And things like yeah, that. Yeah, like, you know, like there was in the trailer, there was um, an alien who looks like a science officer of some sort on that ship. Yeah, And yeah, he yeah. was kind of, you know, saying, like, he urinates once a year. <laughs> and Seth MacFarlane was kind of like, oh, God, I have to get up three times a night. And the guy was like, well, that sounds tedious. And it's really funny because you never think it's, about aliens yeah, being different in that regard. It's, like, n- it's not necessarily that the actual joke was funny. It's just no. you think... Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. How often do Vulcans go to the toilet? Exactly. And it's like things like that, they just never get answered. Like. And it's really interesting. And we also like the fact that um, like the crew were shown gossiping openly, yeah. which obviously <laughs> yeah. would happen on every starship because you're stuck on a starship with just a limited amount of people. There's only so many people you can gossip to. And, and it's really funny. And I feel like it kind of showed a more a real more human. side. Yeah, it's the more realistic the, side of things. Because... It doesn't matter how many years in the future it is, when the whole world unites under one council, etc., etc., people are still going to be gossipy and bitchy. Yeah, Yeah, they're still going to be human. Yeah. So as soon as, you know, the whole basis of it is the captain, Seth MacFarlane, uh, his new first officer is his ex-wife. Yeah. Um, So I assume at some point they're going to get back together or something. Obviously. and well, you know they're having die. yeah they're having an argument in one of their quarters, but they're listening to it on the deck. 
And um, on the bridge, yeah. on the bridge, yeah. And and the alien that urinates once a year, who I assume is like a parody of a Vulcan, because he's yeah. very very stoic. Um, he says, you know, maybe we shouldn't be listening to this. And there's other crew members that say, no, we are definitely, this is going to be a thing. We are definitely listening to this. And it's like, that, yeah, that, 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 that would happen. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, there was also another alien where they were stuck behind a door and they couldn't open it. Like, he tried all the technical things and she just kind of smashed through he it. She like, punched through it. Yeah, there are aliens who would be stronger than normal humans. And, and she looks, she, you know, the, actor, the actress who plays it, yeah, she's she's quite short, she's quite she's petite, almost, and she's like quite in the, timid. In the facial expressions yeah. and stuff, she's almost like a like a Bajoran... Bajoran slash, um, who am I thinking of with the weird ears? Like kind of like a Cardassian mix. Yeah, yeah. So she looks really gentle and and you know fragile almost. Yeah. And then she just smash smashes through this wall. But it's like it's like such a good point that you know not everybody would use technical minded stuff to get through. So, so anyway, so it's just interesting. And yeah, you wouldn't use a phaser to get through a wall. If you could kick it down, you would just kick it down. Yeah, and it's just interesting that it kind of looked at it in a very kind of it was obviously Human, a, a very, humorous very way. Realistic. But yeah. And we and actually, to be fair, us two watching the trailers, we got more excited about the Orville than we got about Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, definitely. Which probably is. shouldn't happen, but it's just what happened. And then when we looked behind the scenes, oh. actually, the Orville oh. is probably going to be more true to the Star Trek universe. Than yeah, I mean, I don't know, it seems like Seth MacFarlane. That's his style of directing. He likes to include a lot of people in the directing and writing process. And if you look at the first few episodes, so we've got directors. First episode, John Favreau, Who, a very you know, recognizable yeah. name in terms of very good director of awesome. first sci-fi Iron Man fantasy film, films. Yeah. And a lot of sci-fi fantasy films as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have James L. Conway, who directed a lot of, was it Voyager? I think so, yeah. That's it was I mean. Voyager, I think. Um, or written? No, it was director, and um, sorry, we just this is this is poor this is poor preparation. Oh no! So he did Deep Space Nine. He that's did Voyager. It, yeah, that's it. He did a he bunch did of different generation, stuff, I think. But he know. also did things like uh, Smallville. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people like. I quite enjoyed Smallville. Yeah. It was like you know the Superman's young years type of thing. It was quite good. Yeah. So so that we have him. Then the next one we have up, up on the directors list is Robert Duncan McNeil, who is. Tom, Tom Paris. Having Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager. Then the next one we have Brannon Braga, who's very well known for all of the Star Trek yeah, series. absolutely. Jonathan Frakes, who's, you next know, generation. Riker, like, Colonel Riker. Colonel uh, uh, yeah. Commander. Commander. Commander Riker. I don't yeah. know why I got Colonel Technically, Riker. now he's already probably Admiral. Yeah, But yeah, so, so they've incorporated well-known names from the Star Trek universe into a Star Trek parody, which I just find I, I love. It's, it's hilarious a po- It's poetic, brilliant. isn't it? It's just poetic. Yeah. Like, you can imagine Seth MacFarlane thinking... I'm going to write this TV show. I'm going to need some help. And then he just approaches these Star Trek veterans, yeah. like so absolute idols of Star Trek, and pitches this idea to them. And you just, you'd love to imagine that conversation and Seth MacFarlane saying, hey, do you want to help me direct this? And they read the script and go, hell yes, I want to do it. Because yeah. they, you know, these people are directing, uh, every episode is going to be directed by a different person by the looks of it. Yeah. It may also be the case that it's written by a different yeah. person because that's what the original Star Treks did as well. Yeah. They often, you know, if if... Especially with like next generation things like that, if one of the crew members had an idea mm-hmm. for a show, they'd write a script and pitch it to that director, and the director would say, "Yeah, do it. This yeah. next next episode's yours." Yeah, which and is a lot fantastic. Of the, obviously, a lot of the stars from the um, from the series also directed episodes, like Robert Duncan McNeil. Jonathan Frakes did a lot of episodes as well. He and, did, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them kind of rotated around that 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 group, and that was what was nice about it. So it's kind of interesting. That then you take, like, the parody actually yeah. takes more of the fundamentals of what Star Trek did yeah. and does it. And it's like, 
it it's seems just... it seems like he's putting more effort into directing it than the directors of Discovery might yeah. be. Uh, which I, again, it just seems so poetic. I don't yeah. know why. It's, yeah. It seems really ridiculous that Seth MacFarlane sort of has won some kind of race in snatching up like directors and writers and things like that. You're all mine. He he's like when you're at school. In this situation, Seth MacFarlane is the captain that gets the pick first. Yeah. So he gets to pick his team first. He's like, all right, I want, I want you know, Thomas Duncan McNeil, I want Jonathan Fritz, I want, Brock, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just it's just interesting to see this lineup. And I, to be fair, I personally believe that Star Trek Discovery probably didn't even approach these people because otherwise they would have had them on the cast list because their Star yeah. Trek legacy, you know, Gene Roddenberry's name still carries a lot of weight with these people and they have to include him. So. Ugh. So there's there's a lot in there, but we just find I, I personally got much more excited for the Orville than I did for Discovery, which is a bit sad because technically the Orville isn't part of the Star Trek universe. Yeah, but it's it got me a lot more excited about because it kind of looked at the exploration bit. It didn't look, it didn't have any explosions. It didn't well, it had have, a few little bits of it? action. Yeah, when the Orville was fighting that massive ship it had like oh, right. maybe three bits. seconds of but it wasn't you know the whole trailer just explosion 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 so because you know it's meant to be more of a comedy so it is going to be more about the script and things like that yeah fair enough but at the same time i feel as though that trailer was better than discovery yeah but like i say i know there are a lot of people there are a lot of hardcore trekkies who are going to love Discovery, and that's fair enough. There are a lot of new people who are going to love Discovery, and that's fair enough. And, the, you know, the Star Trek fandom is beautiful because of the variance of the TV series. Yeah. You can be a Trekkie and like one TV series that maybe another Trekkie doesn't like, but you're still a Trekkie. So, you know, it, it is beautiful in that sense that, you know, if Discovery isn't my cup of tea, it might be a different Trekkie's cup of tea, and that's absolutely fine. And that's still, you're still, we're both still Trekkies. We can't necessarily say no, that one yeah. is worse than the other. So it's still going to be a continuation of Gene Roddenberry's vision, but it's just interesting to compare them side by side and have them come out so close to each other because the Orville comes out 10th of September and Discovery will come out 24th of September. So they're very close to each other. They're yeah. both in the prime kind of release Is Discovery schedule. a Netflix series as well? I think it's a Netflix series. No. Is it not? No, I don't think so. I thought so. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it... it, it you know, I don't know. It just comes down to the basis of it, where we have these two new TV shows. One might look better than the other. You know, to us, like we say, the Orville looks better because mm-hmm. mainly because of the the directors and mm-hmm. the writers and things like that. But and it could just be a case of really bad trailers, and maybe yeah. Star Trek Discovery is going to be absolutely amazing. But they put into the trailer what they thought people would be attracted to. But maybe least... we'll be blown away. But for Discovery, we're not holding our breath. We will probably end up half watching it mainly obviously. just for um, closure. Closure, yeah. Yeah, no, we'll have to watch it, obviously. And to make to fact check it as well, we'll be those exactly. people who, you know, they'll be like in the break room at work, a bunch of people. Oh, did you watch Discovery last night? You know, and then we'll be the people that come in and say, "Well, actually, that's not how it works." Because <laughs> I did that with. Um, Game of Thrones for like the first five seasons which are all the books go up to incidentally um, you know a bunch of people will be talking oh god I wonder what the next episode's going to be about and I was just like I know who dies <laughs> and it was fun to lob that over for a while but mm-hmm. we try not to be dicks about it we try to be open minded about it and like I say nerddom comes in all shapes and sizes yeah. and nerds need especially now it seems like there's a lot of hatred uh-huh. and schisms between nerds and there needs to be less of that. So, you know, we're going to try and make the first steps and just yeah. say, I mean, we've done it for a while. If you like something or we don't, great. 
Yeah. I'm, I, you know, when I was younger, I used to do the whole... You're not an original. Yeah, yeah. It was not even just that. But just like, oh, you like Game of Thrones? You're an idiot. But now I'm just like, oh, you like Game of Thrones? Great. I don't. Yeah, exactly. And I think. <laughs> and if people ask me why, I can tell them. I don't just say like it's because it's popular. I, you know, I give reasons for it. Yeah. We're, we're trying to take that first step to yeah. close some gaps with yeah. the community. And I think um, we went to a talk by Brandon Sanderson, who's a fantastic writer. Oh my god. But he made the point of there seems to be a lot of hatred from. <laughs> original nerds and i'd say yeah. like quotation marks and new nerds so like we get angry like the nerd community in general gets angry if somebody new comes in and says oh i love marvel and you say oh well which which marvel comics have you read and they're like actually i haven't read comics and and then the you know they say like oh you're not crazy. yeah you're not a real fan it's exactly. like no that's not how it works no and and i think we need to we need to accept this we need to we need to say, you know, it doesn't matter that they maybe haven't read the comics. They still like the same thing you do. Yeah. And you have the chance to educate them about this. So I feel like we need to be the same about Star Trek. And we're going to be. We're going to be the same. You know, we'll, we'll talk to people and we'll say, hey, you like Star Trek finally. Great. Awesome. I don't care what it was as long as you like Star Trek. Educate. Don't hate. There hey. you are. There's, your, there's your nerddom slogan. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, oh. Oh, Maggie, have you got Maggie's a random fact? Else. I was just about to ask you this question. Okay, I'll handle a random fact. Right, so at in, the end of each podcast, we like to have a random fact for you to use in an awkward conversation situation. To yeah, so it's not just a random fact, it's a random useless fact. Yeah. So have fun with that. Okay, so I'll go ahead. Um, in 2015, more people were killed through selfie stick related accidents than were killed by shark attacks. So we'll let that sink in, bring that up next time in conversation and see where that spirals off to. Yeah. But uh, overall, yeah. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Alex. I've been Maggie. And we have been Socially Coarse. See you next time.